Welcome to Somebody Date Jen and Kyle, the podcast where two people in their 30s look and try to find love. I'm Jen Sanford. This is Kyle Marshall, and I miss the old opening. The one where we said we tried to succumb to love. I know, but what then succumb to that? is so that was such a... it's too hard to it's too hard to spell, Jen. And no one what? looks for it like that. Oh, I'm not gonna go into Google and like, how do I succumb to love? Well, I'm gonna type that into my Google search engine, or I'm sorry. Bing and try and find the answers <laughs> by typing in succumb you- to love. No, it's like find love. They're going to try and find love. Ugh. I love that. I love that I'm missing out on semantics because of search engine optimization. Welcome to 2022. This is bullshit. I find nothing sexier than search engine optimization. Oh, boy. <laughs> what are your hashtags? Oh Tell me, uh, let's talk about hashtags for our TikTok channel, Jen. I've been having a lot of fun. <laughs> over there yeah. trying to optimize if you're not, and figure out what makes people find videos if you're not finding kyle on tiktok i just want to say you people are missing out mm-hmm. i think this might be the most fun you've had in a while yeah it's been fun i mean i also have to overcome the fact that i hate looking at my face but you know <laughs> oh my God. It's, it's a thing <laughs> oh my god um the only thing right. it is, i think it's because the front-facing camera inverts the image so i think my face looks wrong well, you're, people aren't here for the ins and outs of TikTok. No. You know what they are here for? The relationship scorecard. Ding, ding. Jen, I need you to buckle up because I have oh, no. a bit of a story for you. Do you recall the gentleman all the way back in December who said you should come out to Vancouver and spend New Year's out here? remember that yeah yeah and i told you to go and you were all like oh what if i get murdered mm-hmm, mm-hmm. correct now i even I offered we... to go with for those of you who would remember i also i offered to go with you i was like right. i will go with you i will invest my WestJet dollars to go with you <laughs> WestJet, not yet a sponsor yeah it should be now before we go any further i think you often talk about jesus who you're going on dates with as the you know the person right. you're seeing um, I yes. feel like we should give this gentleman a name, so I'm going to call him Wing Commander. So, Wing Commander... <laughs> wait, um, <laughs> what? wait, 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 whoa. Why is he being called Wing Commander? Because uh, I was talking... He wanted me to fly. That's basically... Uh, so, I'm thinking of oh, Wing Commander because of flying. Oh, he wanted to fly to you. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. All right. Okay. So Wing Commander, of course, also hit me up when he returned back here into the city, back to Calgary. Right, right, right. And then we had those drinks, and then he came over to my house, and then he, things got weird because I wanted to progress things to the next level and was very forward about it. Uh, yeah, and go then back he for got nervous. And listen. Yeah. That's right. And then he got nervous and tried to express his nervousness to you, and you ghosted him. No, 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 no. No, did you oh, not yes, misrepresent you did. what happened? Oh, I did yes, not ghost you did. Him. Oh, yes, no, you I did. did not. You totally <laughs> did. You totally did, Kyle. You were like, well, he's weird because he didn't. He's weird. Even though I think you could have just as easily done that with somebody else. He lost his confidence. And rather than bring him in, you were like, fuck that guy. Well, kind of. But also, he stood me up, if you remember here from a couple of weeks oh, ago. Oh, I forgot about that part. Right, because, yeah, and you were waiting, and you'd ordered food, and then he was like, I'm still out with my friends. Oh, that's yeah, right, because we were going to shiv him in came. the neck. Okay, I'm, I'm with came. you now. I never came. I never came. And then, consequently, you never came. Okay, got it. So, Correct. where are you at with it now? <clears throat> so. Oh, no. You guys, he has his phone out. 
I know. I want, I want to get this exactly right. I don't want to misrepresent anything. I don't want to leave this up to interpretation. So I get this random message this past Saturday at 12.30 in the morning. Oh, red flag. Okay. It's two words, Jen, that he has <gasps> sent me as a text message that says, let's fuck. Those are, th- those are the okay. two words okay. that he okay. sends to me. So I'm like, oh my God, like what is, the, what is going on? With, I, obviously he's drunk or something. He's been drinking and he's getting the courage up to send me a message. Well, don't make that assumption. Now, I did not get this message, obviously, because I was in bed like a responsible adult <laughs> and I was sleeping. Ugh. So at 7.41 a.m., I send a message back to him after thinking about it for a second, honestly thinking that he had sent this, thinking he'd be able to have the back and forth at that time. And maybe it, with a sober head, he'd, he'd reconsider it. And I said, okay, are you not going to show up like last time? Oh, whoa, Kyle. <laughs> whoa, what a hit back. That is unceremoniously, Kyle. Okay, oh my God. Kyle, what'd he say? He brushes that off five hours later when he responds, lol, lol, I'm free this afternoon. So he's being super forward. Yes. So then we go back he's and forth ready. because it's like... I'd rather not come this afternoon because there's some things I really need to get finished today. But anyways, finally, I, because he can't come after a certain time, I was like, fine. Why don't you just come over now? What is this? I, you, I say, you can come over now, but I need to finish some things up. So you might have to leave by five. I had some client projects that were like due that night. Like I had to send them. He says, okay, that's good. So uh, he comes over. <laughs> to my condo he actually, he actually showed. shows up okay okay we start having this conversation i can still tell that he's pretty nervous about the whole thing but he's there but he's there he kind of finally gets around to broaching the subject and it's like well okay like I, I guess we should we should start and it's like now this is where i get a little bit uh bashful about the story because he's like, okay, but, but and I should just stay state straight up when it is a, a same sex relationship. I guess even if it's not a same sex relationship, I do not expect like necessarily like penetration and stuff to be happening the first time we hook up. Like that's something some you have to work up to. Like I'm not, I'm not that type of person that expects that, that expects that to happen. Um, regardless, he's nervous because like. You're a bigger guy, right? Like, he asked that question. And I never know how to answer that question because, I, like, I don't know. Like, sure, I guess. I mean, based on my, <laughs> on how tall I am and stuff like that. Yeah, I guess. I was bold this time. He's like, you're, I, I'm a little bit nervous. Like, uh, you, uh, you seem like you'd be a kind of a bigger guy. I'm like, well, if you come over here, you can find out. Like, <laughs> I was just like <gasps> throwing, throwing it back at him. And so he's like, Kyle. okay. Like he does like his like deep breathing exercises as he gets up and he comes and sits down beside me. We start making out for a while. Clothes come off. Finally get to the bedroom. This is where the hilarious things that only happen when sex is happening to a person. But the the lube that I had that I've had for like the last few months wasn't working properly. Like it wasn't actually like, I don't know. It was like, I don't even know how to explain it. It wasn't actually 
providing <laughs> lubrication. Like it was just, Oh, was it, it doing that sticky. thing that after a while it just yeah. gets sticky? Like initially? Sticky. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But it's only like a couple of months old. Like I, it's a fairly, anyways, that's beside the point about my lube uh, quantities that I have on hand. Okay. All right. Equipment failure aside. So we end up not trying to pursue like, well, yeah, we, we didn't try to, to do like top bottoming or anything like that. So we kind of just kept making out and, uh, but we did get each other off though, Jen. So it was a happy ending for both of us that night. Okay. So Kyle, this is a great update. Well, it's a oh. great update, but here's oh. the thing. Here's, here's the but. Oh. Here's the but that happens at the end of this. Obviously, I think he was coming over to, you know, release some steam. <laughs> yeah, to get off and stuff like that. But has not contacted me since, since Saturday. Oh, that's a lot of days. Yeah. Do you think it's because we're near a national holiday? I don't know. Maybe I'm stretching. But don't do this, <laughs> Kyle. You do this. You don't do this. Where you're going to sabotage it now. You're going to second guess yourself. Mm-hmm. He came over. He was forward. You were forward. You technical difficulties, but you did it anyway. Just keep your mind there. Stay mm-hmm. positive. Stay positive. And just out of the curiosity, have you contacted him? No, I have not, Jen. <laughs> oh, for fuck's sake. Kyle, do it right now. Do it right now. I'll wait. Do it right now. Get out your little yellow Sorry, phone. Sorry, it's a show, Jen. I don't, I don't want to text while we're on the show. <laughs> get out your little yellow. We can stay on this for the entire hour. Get out your phone. Get out your... I'm serious, Kyle. Right, get out fine. your phone. Get out your phone and text him. Uh-huh. And what do you want me to say? You can say, had a fun time. Or you up. It's Friday night, Kyle. You up. Do you want to have, do you want to sleep with him again? Do you want to see him again? This is the hard part in, in, in this, in this question. Like, yes, I would be willing to see him. I don't know. I don't, I don't feel much of, I don't know if I'm feeling like a huge connection with the person yet with wing commander, but this is the thing too. I, we always talk about this. We always come back to the same exact topic of self-sabotage. Where yes. I think if I don't have like a hundred percent of everything that I want at the very beginning, it's like, well, this is this obviously isn't going to work out because I'm not getting a hundred percent of everything that I want. Why should you be the one person that gets one hundred percent of everything that right. you want? Would be my mm-hmm. rebuttal to that. Okay, texting, please. Texting, yeah, get texting. Same texting. It's ridiculous. I have not heard from him. Have you contacted him? No. Let's have. We need a button for sabotage. Sabotage. Just the Beastie Boys stinger. It's like, sabotage. Sabotage. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. It's my little soundboard that I have. I have sent off my message. I'll give you an update if and when that is responded to. You'll be getting real-time live updates as the hour progresses. Well, what's your scorecard like, Jen? What did you get up to this week? I cannot be positive about where I'm at with Jesus. Oh, no. This is, is this getting exhausting for you? This yo-yo, this all in, all yeah, out? It's, it's like, getting exhausting for me. One week it's like, oh, it's so great and I can see your future. And then the next week is like, I need to end things t- t- tomorrow. And then the next week is like, I'm pretty sure I'm going to have a child. And then the next week is like, I'm going to kill myself <laughs> and then him. Say, <laughs> burning down the house within a minute. <sighs> Remember that scene in Jerry Maguire where Tom Cruise kisses Renee Zellweger and she rebuffs it? And then he realizes that he's like a drunk man kissing his employee. Mm-hmm. And he gets up and he says some of the most iconically written words by Cameron Crowe. He says, I don't feel totally embarrassed right now, but I sense tomorrow's embarrassment. 
<laughs> and that is where I'm at with Jesus. Of course, I'm not talking about Jesus Christ. I'm talking about a man who looks strikingly like the Caucasian version of Jesus Christ, who, with whom I have been going on dates with now for far too long. And this is what has happened. I am in a role that I'm never in. I'm never, I'm never in. So I don't know Which what I'm what? doing. So, so in every relationship I've been in, I've always, you know how they, in relationships, there's always one person that loves a little bit more than the other one. The one person who's like way more all in and the other person who's like, yeah, I'm coming. I'm getting there. I love you. But I'm, I'm kind of like the more cavalier one of the group. That has always been me. I've always, my dad calls it a foot in one canoe. I, like dating me mm. is like dating a person with a foot in another canoe, which I'm like, I can make a quick, quick getaway if I have to. I've always been the person who's like been loved to the point where I'm like really deeply loved. And I've always kind of been like, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm just a minute. I'm, you know, doing my thing. I'm pragmatic. I have lots of goals. I, you know, don't want to get myself into something I can't get myself out of. As we know from episode one, where I introduced myself as a person who's always in long-term relationships and trying to figure out how to get out. So there's my brand. I'm now the person that loves too much. And I want to, I want to just vomit about it. And so we had, so we celebrated a milestone. Mm -hmm. We had a milestone of celebration together. And I was like, oh, this is a milestone celebration. Like we're going to do it upright. I, 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 what are you guys trying to say? (laughs) No, I, I just, I went all in. I got this gorgeous dress. I lived on my Peloton for weeks to look gorgeous in this dress. Two pairs of Spanx. Like you could have put me on the moon. I was so molded into that suit. And I, so I have this gorgeous little red dress on. It's sexy. It's slinky. I never dress like this. My heels are too high. I bl- I meticulously did that thing where you blow dry your hair in the sections. I watched makeup tutorials. I bought him a gorgeous gift. I wrote him this long letter that was like, thank you for the privilege of loving me. I feel like I'm a more whole person. Oh, I just like laid my whole heart on the line. And... I was like, I know that he's going to show me tonight that, you know, he feels the same way that I feel about him. And it's going to be this magical coming together. And oh my God, you know, we've built this thing where I love deeply. I'm loving this person deeply. And he's, you know, where I'm at. And, you know, this is what you dream of. And I've been through all of this hell with all these other people. And oh my God, this is my moment. So I, you know, I decorate myself. I get ready. Oh, wait, stop. stop. Did you like decorate <laughs> like a Christmas tree? Like, like what did you do? Bobbles no, and stuff all over? No, Tinsel? like I have, I have my, you know, my favorite, you know, gold bracelet on. I do all of the things. I, everything's moisturized. I'm like trying to look better than I've ever looked in my life. He comes to the door in jeans and I kid you not, an Axl Rose bandana on. And I'm like, oh, this is fun. Doesn't say anything about how I look. Could have been jogging pants, but go on. Yes. We get in the vehicle. We go to dinner. I made the reservation because I didn't want to miss out on this restaurant. So I made the reservation. He bought me dinner, which I'm super appreciative about. We go back to his place and I say, like, is is there a surprise? Like, is there something else? Like, should I bring my coat? Like, what do I like a fucking crazy person? And he's just like, looks at me like, no, there's no other thing. And I'm like, this is the thing. This is the thing. We're going out to the dinner you planned. And so we go back to his place and he's like, here, I, I got you a, I got you a gift. 
it was a fine gift. It was a kitchen utensil. He's like, and I forgot to do the card. And I don't know what it was about him saying, I forgot to do the card that I just like the whole like face crack. Honestly, yeah. I was just like, like when you like I, almost think that it's the office and you're like, where's the camera that I look into and make my face? Exactly. Instead, I just felt my whole body peeling off my rose colored glasses. And I'm just like, oh, my God, I'm I'm all in with this guy. And he's like, here's my bandana. And I didn't have time to do a card because I just didn't do a card. I am a rhetorician. Words are my business. And you couldn't even manifest a happy milestone celebration. And I don't know what it was, but I was just like, you don't feel for me the way I feel about you. So and my question, my like, big just, question whoa, here. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Mm -hmm. And then he was like, oh God, am I in trouble? And I was like, no, no. Oh, I I'm just like two people surviving a crisis without looking at each other. And this epic day ended with him sleeping on the couch because he didn't want to sleep in the bed with me because he felt he was in the doghouse and me sleeping in his daughter's bunk bed because I didn't want to sleep in his bed without him. And that is how this milestone celebration ended. And I woke up this morning and legit, 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 I feel so stupid. I feel embarrassed. I feel humiliated. And there's no worse humiliation than self-humiliation, right? Mm -hmm. Anybody can humiliate you and you're like, oh God, this is hard. But when you humiliate yourself, it is a special brand of hell. And that's where I'm at today. That's where mm -hmm. I'm at today. I feel humiliated and like I would like to find a small cave and hot, just get in it and just pull the boulder over me and just leave Jennifer. She's a relic of society now. She's a failure to thrive person. I feel so embarrassed. Embarrassed about what though? I just feel embarrassed that I like let myself believe that he feels the same way about me that I feel about him. And I've never been the person who's loved bigger before. Well, so this is my question. And maybe I have, to, I have to preface this by saying, much like some of our audience, I'm super invested in this relationship of this person who I have never met. I, so I want to be very upfront with that. In a, in a different scenario, yes. had he done the card, let's just say that it was just that. Everything else is the same and he had done the card. Would you have felt the same way? Or was it that bit of negligence? Because, I, I mean, the biggest thing, we've, we've talked about this in the past about how different people show love in different ways. So just because he's not matching you in how you would show love to him, does that necessarily mean he does not love you the same amount? Listen. Jesus is incredibly intuitive when he knows that like my, my love languages are words of affection and acts mm. of service. Like I don't make any qualms about it. We in fact even did the book together, like the five love languages, the Gary Chapman mm. book, because I wanted to better understand what his love languages were, which were quality time. And I, so he knows this about me and he's tapped into it before, but I think it's not about the card. It's what, a, the, it's what the card represents, which is like, I was unable to produce the bare minimum on something that I know was really important, not just to me, but to us. And right. I think it really just serves. I remember like I'm super, I'm super 
mindful that people gunny sack all the time. Like they look to build a narrative of, and the psychic even said, remember, she said, you look for reasons to let things fail. So you have to be careful of that. And I hate people who gunny sack, which is finding all these reasons and, and, and making them into something bigger so they can justify a line of behavior that they don't like. But I just felt like in that moment, it was not about the card. It was what it really represented, which is that I'm trying my best to go to a ton of effort. Like I will sometimes, Kyle, work through the night to be able to carve out the time to spend an entire Saturday in bed with him. And mm -hmm. I don't think he ever really realizes that. And when something is important to him, like I go to like the, the nth degree to make sure it's special for him. And sometimes I have done that at like my own, like my own well-being, which I know is not good. But I've always tried to make every possible moment we've had together into a memory. And I feel like all I wanted was some opportunity for him to feed that back to me. Like to say, like, I hear you and I see you and what you are is valuable to me. And he just didn't. And it wasn't that he didn't. It's that he doesn't. And I feel honestly like the rose colored glasses just came mm. off. And the whole last little bit of time that we spent together, I was like, oh my God, I'm an idiot. Like I was like all in and he's like not. And that's a gut-wrenching reality mm -hmm. is to know that he just is not in the same place that I am. And to be 38 and be like, oh, fan-fucking-tastic. <sighs> Has he contacted you since then? Um, yeah, no, the thing about the thing about Jesus, I think the thing about dating in your late thirties is that, you know, everybody, everybody goes to your, to their corner, but everybody goes to their corner in a pretty fair way. And I think the thing that we're that, that is going to be a struggle here is, and this is what I want to talk about today is that this has a lot to do with how we fight with each other, right? Mm -hmm. Because clearly I was upset yesterday and he was upset by me being upset. and but we don't we don't fight we don't we don't you know yell or scream or or speak words that are discontenting and i think that almost makes it worse like i think if if someone could have lashed out then it could have been dismissed but when two people just stand there and they're like are you okay no are you okay no is there anything i can do to make it better no like that's that's hard disagree like that's hard like i call it heart mm. fighting because there's hard fighting which is like fuck you i hate you let me throw a shoe at your face and then there's heart fighting where you're like uh, i'm hurt and the other person's like ah uh, i'm hurt and no voices are raised i think that that like i know that i know that jesus is not used to that i know that jesus jesus has talked a lot about how in his previous relationship it was just high octane fighting thunderdome fighting like two go in one come out type of fighting and so i think this place between us which is i think a fight because i'm like oh my god like i don't belong here and he's like yes you do and let me probably try to justify something i don't, i haven't even been really been able to even hear what he's had to say like i know his mouth is moving but it feels like the peanuts like wah wah wah, wah. i can't <laughs> i can't make sense of it because i'm just revisiting the entire past milestone period that we've had together and thinking oh my god like i've totally misread this thing from the very start and then who posts a tiktok kyle posts a tiktok 
where's Kyle? He's like, I'm at Major Tom's without Jen. And I'm like, come and get me. Come and get me out of this fucking bunk bed and get me down to that bar. <laughs> yeah, you should come and hang out. It's like my new favorite yeah. place. Yeah, thanks. Thanks a lot, buddy. Thanks a lot. Mm -hmm. This got me thinking about what I wanted to talk about tonight, which I know is probably not everybody's favorite topic on a Friday night. But let me ask you this, Kyle. Mm -hmm. What's the biggest relationship fight you've had or witnessed? Well, this is again where I get embarrassed uh, because I've never been in a long enough relationship where I would say that there was like a big knockdown drag out fight. Have you come in fact, close? I cannot even recall a time of anyone that I've been dating where we have quote unquote like fought with each other, Ooh. which I constitute as yelling at each other. I know that that doesn't technically yeah. necessarily mean you're fighting or like you don't need to be yelling to make it be a fight, but we'll probably start to unpack this more over this episode. I grew up with some parents who did fight quite a bit in front of us kids for many different reasons, whether it was money, the fact that my dad worked night shifts uh, for like 20 something years. So that didn't do great for his like mental health or well-being. And so the one that honestly always well there's i won't tell the like the super traumatic one but the second traumatic one for me is that um my parents were actually going uh, to counseling so good for them trying to work on their relationship and us kids like i don't think any of us would have been over 12 maybe 13 would have been the oldest one of us at this at this juncture normal friday or saturday nights was game night we'd play board games or or do something like that and I can't remember what the game was, but anyways, it was it, it was basically essentially like a, a party game where there was a question that was asked. Everyone wrote down their answer on a piece of paper. You put it into the pot, spun the wheel, and then you went around in a circle and then you picked the thing and tried to guess whose thing it was. Who said it? Who said it, right? The Oh God. Oh, God. <laughs> the question that came out was like what is your greatest fear, right? And so they kind of put in there oh, like, oh, like mice or spiders. like yeah. spiders or whatever it is that you're going to be. Uh, oh, God. <laughs> my mother oh, God. Write, writes down not being listened to when I state my opinion and like throws it into the, in the middle. Of course, like my <laughs> brother picks it out. And he's like, um, I guess, mom, like, I don't know. And then she breaks down and like runs over into like the living room and the mummy dad has to go there. And it's just us kids sitting at the table being like, what the fuck do we do now? <laughs> like, I guess we're just sitting here at the table again before iPhones oh, or anything. So you're just literally sitting there staring at each other waiting oh, for, no. for that to come down. And finally they came back and we played the rest of the game, but like in silence. And it was like, yeah, it's awkward. This it's is like awful. when mom and dad this yell sucks. at Thanksgiving and then you just have to sit there and eat your mashed potatoes. You're like, ooh, good. Mm -hmm. We're not coming back from this. It reminds me, there's, um, I'm a personal fan of the McElroys who do like 25 different podcasts now. Like they do a bunch <laughs> of different content, but they did this, uh, <laughs> this very short lived, I think it's only six episode TV show for a now defunct uh, channel that does not exist. Okay. And uh, there's this one moment in like the first or second episode where you can actually tell they're actually having a real disagreement on film. And it does like this like little like technical difficulty sign that pops up <laughs> and then yes. it comes, comes down and they're all sitting outside. And it's like, Hey, we actually had a real disagreement in there and it fucking sucked. So let's just move on to our next thing. And you can tell that they're not joking. It's like, yeah, that's oh kind of what it feels like the energy in there. 
fucking awful. So we're going to go to our next segment now. <laughs> like, and so that's kind of something different. Kind of what I wish I could have done back then, because it's like, yeah, the energy in this room right now, not ideal for a family unit. So let's not do this. Yeah, I um, <laughs> I remember. I, I like that this podcast is about dating, and we end up usually talking about our parents. Mm-hmm. Um, but I guess that that tracks, right? Because so much of what you learn in relationships. I say this to anybody with young kids, like well, the way you fight with your spouse, like you're giving your kids a front row seat to mm-hmm. what they're going to tolerate and expect and replicate as adults. Like my parents could win an, an award for passive aggressive mm-hmm. fighting. And I figured it out really young. I remember being 10 years old at Christmas and my dad asked me, what do you want for Christmas? And I was like, I think you and mom should get divorced. Like I was 10 years old and I still think had they done it then they would be very happy people. But my parents are connoisseurs of the, of the passive aggressive. They never fought in front of me, but I think they thought I was so stupid not to recognize the air and the energy. And then this, it was just a couple of years ago that I was like, you know what it's like in here? It's like Shawshank and I'm trying to spoon my way out or use the little (laughs) hammer to get out. That's right. It's crazy. It is crazy. Like outside of a relationship context, you have had fights with people. I know you have. Yes. So my question is like, what's your fighting style? Do you fight fair? (sighs) Um, I knife their tires. That's really my (laughs) go-to move. So, I mean, when you think about it, there's like, when I was growing up, it was only fight or flight. But now there's this third one. There's like fight, flight, or freeze is the third one. I am a freezer. I really hate it. Like, Jane, if you if we were in any type of setting, whether it was this podcast out at Major Tom, apparently you don't like to come to. If you started yelling at me, like, it's just like immediate, like I'm turtling, like I'm just in my shell. It's like I'm just waiting for this to blow over because I do not know what to do. I can't say anything. I can't verbalize anything. I'm just waiting for something to blow over. I hate that it. surprises me. I would think that you would know me well enough that you would fight back. You'd be like, sit down. No, no, not if I thought you were. There's a difference between when I can usually pick up on that someone who's like joking, like they're being like teasing, you know, versus like I am mad and I'm actually directing my anger at you. Having worked retail for years and years and years, I hated it. The, the couple of times that the customer actually yelled at me is like, I can't deal with this. I don't know how to react um like literally just freeze up so i so by the way also another thing if you don't want me to help you out or do anything start yelling at me because it makes me never want to help you ever again in my entire ever. life yeah i can imagine you would hold that grudge too mm-hmm. um it's interesting that when we talk about fighting you only ever talk about people pitching a fight with you you mm-hmm. never ever ever talk about pitching a fight with someone else do you ever instigate a fight well again this is it depends i think on what how we want to describe fighting. The only person I have ever yelled at in my entire life was my sister. Full stop. Is the only person in my entire life that I have ever yelled at or lost my cool with. And boy, and was it all the it time awful. or just once? Yeah, it was, it was. It was quite a few times. But in the, well, I mean, we we were like we were just like oil and water growing up mm. anyway. So we kind of just like butted heads for things. But actually, like, lost my cool. Like yelled at her. I said the worst awful things. I actually have a lot of shame about this one moment in particular. I just lost you my shit. Oh, I said you the say? see you next Tuesday word to her. Like I got, <gasps> I got super upset, like super upset. 
have never said that word to another human being ever again. But like, I got so mad at her. And did she freak out when you said it? She must have freaked out because that's so against your she style. She just yelled. She just yelled back. She, that's her personality. <laughs> that's a sister for you. So my fighting style specifically, if I, if I was going to enter into an argument, like there is something that needs to be done. I feel like, again, because I was doing this like high level training in a previous job that I had, it, it, I guess is in part like conflict resolution. I've been trained in a lot of that type of material. So it would really have to be or what I would be approaching with like, this is the observable thing that is going on, right? This is what is being said. This is what is being done. So like if I had a video camera or if I had an audio recorder, like this is what I can see. This is what was said. This is what the impact was. This is what it made me feel. This is what it makes me um, assume. Let's have a conversation about it. Like that really is my fighting style. It was be seeking a first to understand what their point of view is. B, let them know the information of how it is affecting me and see what we can do past there like that's really my fighting style is to try and like get consensus and bring people in and like let's figure this out together i'm not a, like a you fucking suck and like flip a table i'm just not that person you know i feel like we're like goldilocks like mm -hmm. you're like oh the bed is too soft and i'm like oh the bed is too hard i think mm -hmm. together we would be a fair we would be fair fighters no i disagree jen fuck Screw you, you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, I remember when I when I was married when I got married on my on my wedding day, the MC who was my brother in law, he had John and I stand back to back, and he had one of my shoes and I had one of his shoes. So we had one of each other's shoe, and um, they would ask a question and we would lift the corresponding shoe. So if they said like, "Who's the better cook?" we'd be back to back, and he would lift my shoe or his shoe, and I would do the same. And it would be funny mm -hmm. when we picked the same, and it would be funny when we pick different. And I remember one of the questions they asked is who's the person to make up from a fight first. And it was me. Uh -huh. And it was, who's the person that caused the fight. And it was also me. <laughs> so, um, I will say that for myself, um, and I've been thinking a lot about this since we went to the psychic, because you left with homework to write down your 10 things to manifest in a, in a partner. And mm -hmm. she said a lot of things about anger about me that I was like, okay, lady, like this is, it makes me sound like I'm uncool. In fact, for those of you who want a behind the scenes, I really tried to like get Kyle to edit out a lot of it. I was like, don't say that. I'm not, I hate that. I don't want people to think I'm like some crazy person. But the truth is, is that somewhere out there, I have a husband and a long-term boyfriend who would both be like, that bitch is great. And <laughs> <laughs> and I will just say that like you I'm have a fair. podcast partner that says the same thing, actually. <laughs> oh <my> so <laughs> do you think that's true? Do you think that I do you think that I'm crazy? No. Is this your fight or flight response? Because you could be honest. So I was going to get into my shell here. And no, no, <laughs> I don't think you're crazy. Freeze up. I don't think I'm I've never seen any indication that you are that I would use that word to describe you. I just think when it comes to anger, if anger was an elevator, I would have floor one. Floor two, floor three, floor four, floor 40. That is how I work. I, I'm, I, it takes like, I'm like reasonable. I'm reasonable. I want to work through things. I don't want the drama. I want to just kind of, you know, parse through things. And then there will be a hairpin trigger and that floor goes to 40 as fast as it can. And it catches people off guard all the time. And it's like the reason I, I don't know how to operate a gun is because I don't know who I am at a 40 for a long period of time. I'm serious. Like 
all of a sudden all reason goes out the window and I do not fight fair. And I can think of a lot of examples where people have hit my trigger. Like one of the big triggers I have is around value. (laughs) Read into my earlier story with Jesus. But I remember working really hard for an employer once and it was not working. Like I was trying to be a really great employee, but you know, they just didn't like me. You know, you have those jobs. They just Mm -hmm. didn't like you. And I remember my boss, I remember saying something and being halfway through the statement. And it was a really intellectual statement. You have to remember, like I went to Johns Hopkins and Harvard and like, I'm, I'm an educated person. Like I really have worked hard to bring my intellect to my employer. And I was halfway through making what I thought was a gorgeous point about the direction forward on this big initiative. And he just said, why don't you shut up and go lay by your dish? Oh my God. And that, that elevator went all the way to 40 faster than I could, faster than I could tamp it down. Like, this is the thing, is it like, I can't tamp it down once it starts. three shots. It's like, what happened? My fugue state. <laughs> exactly. Like, I see why people go blind with rage. And I just went, I just went crazy. I just went crazy. And when I'm in crazy mode, I do not fight fair. I do not fight fair. Now, that being said, I think it takes a lot to bring me to that place. But I can think of things that I have said in fights that have been like unexcusable. I remember saying to my last boyfriend, the only reason I'm with you is because I can't afford to live alone. And he was like, pardon me. And I was like, the only reason I'm here is because I can't afford to live in this city without you. Hmm. And I, and then it's like, you, you know, you can't take that back. You can't, you know, even though it's not true. That's a pretty awful like, thing I, to say to someone. It was, and I will. And I'm just like, nobody, you know, nobody loves you. And, but you know, I also get myself into relationships where people fight equally as unfair with me. Like the things that have been said back to me are, are pretty, but I do have this hairpin trigger and i've often wondered where i get it from because having not ever seen my parents enraged i don't know if i get it from my parents or if it's just like i don't know emotional damage or mental illness or whatever it is i think it's one of those weird things is that i know this is not going to work for every single person but i would say like generally speaking unless your parents are literally sitting you down like this is how you argument or this is how you argue with people effectively or whatever it happens to be there's so many things that you just kind of tend to do the opposite of your parents, right? If their fighting style is like, that doesn't jive with what I want to do. It's like, I'm going to do the exact opposite. I don't think it's even like a conscious decision. It's just like, yeah. I'm wired to do this. Just like how so many people go against like what their parents' music is. Like, no, that's what, that's old people's music. This is the music yeah, that I listen defiance. to. that's defiance. That's defiance. That's, I think, a different thing. But, you know, we fight. We fight. And it's normal. And... You know, show me a relationship where there's no friction and I'll show you a liar for sure. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, even even Abraham Lincoln, the man known as a, the president that cannot tell a lie, famously said people with no vices have no virtue. And I really, really, really think that that's true. You know, we have and we have as a society a lot to fight about. Right. Money, kids. Jesus, are we ever all blended families? Right. And we're in our late 30s. The idea that we're going to be with someone that doesn't have a bunch of baggage or kids or an ex or something is absolutely absolutely unheard of this is why Mm. i I don't understand why you're still single because for so many women and men they're like i don't want to date someone who's got a bunch of kids and a crazy ex-wife and a like there's so many things that i want and you're just like hi i'm kyle i don't have any of that shit like i don't know why you're not like why you're not like i'm referring to our first few episodes um jen i am unlovable so i think it is impossible to love me so stop it i'm not taking that bait tonight but Uh you know we've got in-laws like I'm a two-time survivor of in-laws. We fight about sex. We fight about time. We fight about housework and chores. We fight about gender norms. We fight about priorities. We fight about leadership. We fight about every, there's every possible thing. Isn't there that thing about like, 
I, I know that this is a little Pollyanna, but I mean, having disagreements without being disagreeable, like it's, yes, I think it's perfectly reasonable to be in long-term relationships and expect that there's going to be disagreements about how to do things, how to raise kids, how to do this, what to spend money on, how to save properly, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But at the same time, if you are every single day having a, having a knockout, like knockdown, drag out fight, screaming and yelling at each other, I don't think that's tenable. Uh, for some people, it's all they know. Mm-hmm. I think we're, we're itching toward the same question, which is like, I think how we fight in relationships says a lot about the type of relationship that we have. Because to me, I think that at the end of the day, a fight is really just about trying to give voice to something, right? I think a lot of people fight because they feel like their voice is not being heard. Remember I said before how I wanted Jesus to say, like, I see you and I hear you and what you have to say is important to me. I think when our voice is removed or our perspective is marginalized or or something happens that comes against a value that we have that we're prepared to fight for, I think I think then if you know a fight ensues, right? But there's also other sorts of things, right? Like distress is an important part of this. And I'll just use myself as an example. I didn't think I'd go here tonight, but let me just use it as an example. My grandparents and my aunt are probably the three greatest role models in my life and shaped my sense of self without reservation. My grandmother and my grandfather passed away back to back right before COVID. Mm. And the loss of them as a sense of stability. I mean, I was a kid that moved around every year. Every year I was the new kid in school. My dad wanted to be the consummate professional. And I don't know where the fuck my mom was, but they created the sense of stability. I always knew that no matter what I was striving for, if I got into trouble or it got too chaotic, that that home in Ottawa would always be there for me. And they were not easy. They were not easy. They had a lot of expectations and especially my grandfather was really strict, but they provided a sense of stability to me. And all of a sudden that was removed. I buried them on a Sunday in a little graveyard in, in, in Nova Scotia, flew home to Vancouver that Sunday night. My aunt died the Tuesday. She was buried Oof. the following Friday. I lost all three of them back to back to back. And it was like the bottom of my life fell out from under me. I didn't even have a single clue who I was. And just to give you a sense of how difficult it permeated my life, I gave the eulogy at my aunt's funeral and I am a writer. I am a writer. So choosing the right words, speaking the right truth to power, properly encapsulating this woman who was so extraordinarily larger than life to me, broke me, broke me. Somebody sent me about a a week after the funeral, somebody sent me an audio recording and I would get up in the night. This went on for months, Kyle. I would get up in the night and I would listen to the audio recording and I would try to write better. I don't know why I did Mm -hmm. it. I certainly couldn't give the eulogy again, but I punished myself to the point where then I couldn't write at all. Ask me how useful I was to my employer. I couldn't write. I became a writer that couldn't write. I became crippled by my inability to find the right words because what I was really trying to do is try to put the right words around my grief. So your sense of stability, your sense of purpose, your voice, all of that feels like it's fallen out from underneath you. And then you try to be in a relationship with me. I'm at a, I'm at a resilience before we even, before we even get started. And I know out there that there is a partner out there who would be listening to this podcast right now and saying, I would rather be dead than try to survive that ecosystem again. I didn't, Mm -hmm. we didn't survive. That was really the beginning of the end. So I think that there's, you know, often people ask like, you know, why is there so much conflict in a relationship? 
And sometimes the conflict can be between the, the, the two partners or a thruple if you're the three partners, if you're in a thruple. Mm-hmm. But sometimes the conflict can be because you're simply, you're simply out of resilience and then you're trying to survive in an ecosystem and you can't. And so I think we have to give voice to those two things tonight. We have to give voice to the fact that there's, there's the conflict man to man. And by that, I mean like person to person. And then there's the, there's the conflict that has every single other pressure into it. The pressure of your job, the pressure of money. Look at how many relationships couldn't survive COVID because there was just so much uncertainty. I mean, when people start dying around you, you start to ask yourself the question, do I want to live with this person? If I'm sure. going to live, is it with this person? Like, hey, how many, how many relationships, Kyle? I can think of so many relationships that didn't survive COVID. So you add all these, all these additional pressures, health, wellness, dreams, goals, you know, you know, people beating you down. I mean, I, you know, I was in a marriage with a, with a mother-in-law who would call me at work and be like, you are bad at this. Go home. And I was like, why would I go home if I'm already bad at this? Like you just, so then you brought all that pressure into your union. So I know I'm on a big diatribe here, but I think we have to look at both facets of this. Don't you think? Sure. I mean, I guess to wrap it back around to like how we fight or using fighting effectively, I think where I'm coming from, I guess, more than anything else is going really to that idea of fighting fair. And I think that everyone has different backgrounds, different stressors, different, you know, family pressures. But I think keeping it fair is where you need to stick, because as soon as you start like throwing jabs at each other, those are little pieces of trauma that you can't just take back. They're going to add up and add up and add up. And it's going to be a point where everything breaks and the whole floor little falls bricks out from that make you. a wall. Yeah. Let's, let's take go, the, to, the let's go to the fish bowl here, Jen. <laughs> like they were both like, I'm tired of talking about each other. Let's go to the fish bowl. Let's go to the fish bowl. Um, I'm just going to take out my own keys here in this that case. That looks like a super full fishboard. Yeah, get your keys out of there. That looks like a super full fishbowl there. Let's see if, uh, yeah, we're <laughs> already technically running long, but that's all right. So here's question number one. I think people fight to get from one place to another. Is this right? How do I get through a fight? Like get from a problem to a resolution? Oh God. Well, you got to fight with purpose, right? You got to fight with purpose. Um, and you have to make sure that every, this is a masterclass in being impeccable with your word. Every single thing you say has to pass through three doors. Is it helpful? Is it truthful? And is it kind? Because you can be screaming all you want, but if you're saying kind stuff, like, I'm really trying to love you, please stop making it so hard. I think if you, <laughs> if you, um, yeah, if everything you do is you being impeccable with your word, I think you can you can get to the other side, but you have to ask yourself, is my motivation to get to a resolution and is the motivation of the person I'm talking, I'm fighting with, do they share the same motivation? And you can just stop and ask, are we fighting for sport or are we fighting for purpose? Just mm-hmm. stop, just stop the fight and say, before we keep going and spend our evening or our morning or our night doing this, are we fighting for sport or are we fighting for purpose? And if someone's like, no, I want to, I want to fight. Well then do the listening no matter how the package is coming at you and encourage them to do the same and then say, we got to get, we have to get to a resolution. Are we getting closer to a resolution and stop it? If you're not to say, okay, well, I think we're counterintuitive to our goal here to get to the end, but you got to call a spade a spade in a fight. If you are someone who is all on social media a lot or follows politics, I think that that term of good faith versus bad faith argumentation is something that has been now 
just imprinted on people's brains. At least it has been for, for me. Sure. And uh, in my day-to-day work, if, if people don't know, is I help other people edit their podcasts. And there was this one I recently was helping. This guy is writing this course. I'm basically taking people with two very divergent belief systems and having them sit down and having a talk with each other. So we're talking oh, that's cool. like feedlot operator and vegan sit down and have a conversation Whoa, with each other. That's cool. And what he discovered, now this is like groundbreaking, but it's like his research has been, this is a really interesting thing to follow is that is the question that both sides have to ask at the very beginning, which is, at the end of this, what are we hoping to do? Is it just to hear each other's side? Cool. Let's have this conversation. Or is like, because I am my, I'm not going to make you change your opinion on this. You're not going to be able to make me change my opinion on this. But we can still be friendly with each other, have a conversation, and not devolve into chaos. If, unless you have a bad faith person there who just wants to argue and yell at each other, that's never going to go anywhere. And it's that's probably right. good just to stop and walk away because you're just, it's going to be, no uh no good for anyone involved and i think that's true for this too which is like what i love about what you said is you have to both be on the same side like are we arguing this to get to a certain solution or are we just arguing to argue and if that's the case then we probably should just stop because we're not we're just going to keep going around in circles and circles we're arguing and circles for sport totally. i will say this is totally. also my most manliest of man traits which is that i always jump to solution too quickly and i always have to pull myself back because sometimes oh, someone who's bringing up a thing is like they are just saying they're expressing frustration over something and they don't need to be fixed their frustration needs to be honored they, it needs to be um acknowledged that it's actually going on here's the next question i have a girl who is as you would say a smoke show Honestly, I'm so lucky. <laughs> it's a nice callback to an earlier episode. She's awesome. Yeah. But she likes to fight in public. And as we go oh. through things, it's happening more. Uh, yeah. I'm starting to worry about her tendency to fight at important work and family events. She's starting to ask about why I'm not including her. What do I tell her? Well, I sound like I'm on an episode of Sesame Street. Buddy, honesty, honesty is the best policy here. And it'll probably it'll probably lead to a fight, but you gotta call you gotta call it out because like you you can't if you lie then you're gonna have you're running the same problem. I think you need to call it out. I, this comes back to the quintessential piece about relationships and how we find people in misfit relationships. And I think I think the advice I would offer here. Oh boy, I'm about to sound unqualified. The advice I would offer here is this: what you permit, you promote. If you permit that behavior in public, even though it bothers you and makes you feel uncomfortable and is against your values, you are promoting it. You are saying to her, go ahead, go ahead. I'm going to put up with it. So like, what's the outcome for you? You've got two. One, to continue to be humiliated in public until your self-esteem is broken. Or two, resent her to the point where you can't have a relationship with you. Those are the two forks in the road that you face if you can't just be honest with her and say, and you have to be really careful about how you come at this because it has to start with an invitation. I invite you to explain to me why you want to have an argument in public. I invite you to tell me why you believe that I am deserving of a public scolding or a public intervention of my behavior. I'd like to know why you believe I should be treated that way. And, you know, you have the conversation with intentionality, right? You sit, you sit them down you're in not in public and you don't say it in anger. If you, if you bring anger to a real discussion, you welcome the same anger in return. 
We know this from physics. Every action has an opposite, equal to opposite reaction. But you've got to have the conversation, buddy. You're crazy. If you're, if you're leaving her out, like look at that last sentence, Kyle. She's starting to me ask why I'm not including her. You're already starting to shape the architecture to protect yourself. That's crazy. She may be a smoke show, but if you, she doesn't make you feel safe and comfortable in public, what are you doing, man? Yeah, that's what I was about to say. I mean, this would be the most mortifying thing oh. to happen to me. Like having an actual, like a public fight in front of people, I'd be vomiting on the floor. I'd hate it so much. Even when I was like a kid and my, my mother would like scold me in the store because I was doing something stupid. Like I'd go all red in the face. I'd the be like shame. so, the sh like shame would just wash over me. Yes, let's have this argument. If there's something that is happening that you're upset by, yes, let's have that conversation. We don't need a, a public sphere to do that inside of. We can do that one-on-one. -on -one. Right before COVID, when we were all still flying and shouldn't have been, um, I remember flying to Vancouver, from Calgary to Vancouver, and I it was a late night flight. And I know those late night flights, they're trying to catch everybody that's been on a sun destination. Mm -hmm. You know, they're catching the last available flight. They're going to get home at midnight. Like, it's just, a, it's a tough flight to take. And I remember this good looking man, good looking woman, and they had two kids that would have probably been about, I'm going to say 10 to 12, two cl kids close in age, about 10 to 12. And they were clearly trying to get bags sorted and people sorted and go to the bathroom and get some food. And they couldn't agree about whether to like to go sit down to eat. Did they have enough time? Did, should they go get food? And so finally she said, you know what? If you're so hungry, just go get food and I'll figure out the girls. And he looked right at her and just went, fuck you, and gave her the finger with both hands Oof. right in front of his two Jesus. kids. And then walked away and every single person in the boarding lounge saw it. And she was just turned red and then, you know, the girls turned red and I just thought, oh my God. Oh the my worst. God. Like that is the worst. Like nobody comes out of that. And then he comes back with a, you know, with a hamburger and hands it to her and, you know, they get on that plane and fly home. And I'm just like, I would, I, you know, you want to say something bold, like I would never get on that plane with him, but you know, everyday people do the depths mm -hmm. of, and it just, you know, the, uh, that's where I just kept thinking, like, what you permit, you promote. Like, there were so many signs that got you to that moment of not being able to say, like, I'm, I will not put up with this. Because you let it go once, it's like putting a baby to sleep. If, you, if they cry for 10 minutes and then you go get them, you teach them that they just need to cry for 10 minutes and then they'll be rescued. And then right. it becomes 12 minutes and 14 minutes and pretty soon you're like, how come my baby doesn't sleep through the night? And it's the same thing, right? You, you, you have to train the behavior. Let your husband cry through the night is what we're trying to say here. Yeah, what I'm trying to say is let your husband cry through the night. And if someone gives you the finger in the boarding lounge, kick the shit out of them. Actually, I don't I don't advocate for behavior. Like I think a lot no. of people want to take just, violence. Just to, do what normal people behavior. do and poison their Big Mac the next time that they get one. <laughs> God. It's fine. God, if that happens, we're legally liable now. You heard it here first. Do not perform dangerous stunts. What you hear on this podcast should not be replicated. Right, right, right. We are unqualified. Technically, Jen, what we just did was slander. I think sometimes my relationship would be better if we did fight. Instead, my boyfriend just shuts down and avoids any conflict. How do I get him to fight with me? Can I just jump in? I'm sorry. Oh, I'm not even going to let you yeah, answer this ahead. question. Go ahead. I straight up do not get this point of view. I don't. I know friends who are women and men. I should actually say it goes both genders who enjoy the process of the fight 
Like they like to bring out that side of their partner and actually have like a heated argument. Not like, again, not like screaming at each other, but like heated, like you're getting angry and like talking through things. And I straight up do not get it. Yes, I've just admitted the fact that I am a freezer. And so like I hate conflict in any type of form. But I don't understand why you would want to have those negative emotions coursing through your veins when you could just have like a regular conversation about like, hey, maybe we should do it this way. Or, hey, maybe this should be something we try out instead of being like getting into each other's faces about it. But uh, I welcome the counter argument, Jan. My dear, sweet little Kyle, we're going to (laughs) revisit this when you're in a long term relationship. Listen, Uh relationships are about momentum. And sometimes to lift to that next place of momentum, you need a little bit of conflict to get you. Um, that's why you hear people say, like, we're not fighting with each other. We're fighting for something. You need sure. to have those little rubs to get you to the next place. So sometimes couples will say, like, let's just have it out because it allows us to know where we really stand with each other and what we're fighting for, both in our relationship and for our relationship. So I think you have those moments where you naturally have that momentum there. But, you know, the, the person who retreats, the avoidance. Is a that's a hard one. I'm I often think like that would be probably the worst, the worst situation. I might be in that situation with Jesus now that I'm thinking out loud. Let's unpack that in a future episode. I think it was my mother, it might have been my aunt, somebody in my life, some mentor in my life said to me, um, you need someone who loves you enough to fight with you. Cause it'll it demonstrates that you're you're moving forward, you're fighting for something. I I I guess I'm gonna put maybe maybe I'm misinterpreting what fighting means. Again, and maybe we should have tried to uh, nail this down at the very very beginning because fighting in my case is always like pointing fingers and being mad at each other but fighting i suppose could also be like there's a situation that we are both trying to get to the answer of and like progress to the next level like i guess i understand that point of view that your mentor said to you i just have a hard time scoring that away with like oh yeah you should it's totally cool if you start yelling and being mean to each other like i just don't think that that's true yeah again we have to define fighting in this particular question context i think as someone who's gonna say i want to have a conflict with you because i want your voice to hear that it's in conflict with my voice because we're moving forward we're talking about the most productive type of fighting but sometimes like if you have you have total asymmetry of one person being like i hate that you do this and the other person's like talk to the wall Mm. it's gonna make the other person more crazy like the conflict persists like if you don't have the the push against to get to a resolution, the conflict, like I, I feel, I feel empathetic for the person that submitted this question because she, she, he, they must be feeling like they're, when it comes to their boyfriend, like they're talking about what they need and what they want. And they're just being met by a closed, quiet door and relationships. We know this from the foundations of communication. This is back like Shannon and Weaver communication methods for, for those of you listening with a, with an English degree or a communications degree. Like this is the very foundations of what we know about communications, which is that we, we, we put a, we put a message out and the message isn't full until the feedback is received back to us. That Mm -hmm. is how we define communication from a, from a academic lens. So for her to be just constantly feeding out and nothing being fed back, that sounds like hell. <laughs> yeah, I agree that that's not fair. That like, sounds like hell. And even when I, again, for, I'll just speak from my own point of view. Like if you ask what my opinion is or it's like, do you agree with this thing? I will answer that and I will, I will argue my opinion. 
I shut down when I when people get accusatory or start to assume negativity towards me. It's like I can't. I don't. I don't want to be a part of this conversation anymore. But very few species hold a grudge, right? Very few species hold a grudge. They have a oh, cognitive a ability to hold a grudge. Yeah, but very few species do. But for us, I think that we have the compounding issue as an evolved society of not just not just holding a grudge, but fearing festering. I was going to talk about this earlier. I think we fear the fester more than we talk about as a as a relationship aspect. Like you talked about earlier, all those little things that I would say being little bricks that make a wall. And that's what happens, right? It festers when we have when we have, you know, bitter resentments or or points of conflict or anger or frustration or helplessness. All of those things start to form this murky wall um, that that soon we worry that we just look at it and say, well, great, now this relationship isn't tenable because I've built this wall up and I could have I could have taken these bricks off had I had the ability to 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 bring this conflict, to bring this unsettling, to bring this cognitive dissonance back to my partner and say, no, like no, or to have your partner say no. Like I'm I'm often amazed at relationships that end because there's a partner that avoids and voids, avoids, 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 avoids a conflict. And then when there's so many conflicts, they just quit. That to me feels like the absolute, the absolute worst. We talk about this again. Okay, you guys are really, I'm out being outed as a communications professor here. But when I used to teach first year communications, I used to say like, there's, there's four types of communication, right? There's aggressive, which accomplishes no goal because it says I win and you lose. And then there's passive aggressive, which is like, I win, you lose, but I'm not going to tell you that. I'm going to use sarcasm and I'm going to treat you like shit and I'm going to make it miserable for you. And then there's assertive, which is what we're always striving for, which is I win, you win type of communication. And then there's the absolute worst because everybody thinks passive aggressive is the worst, but the worst is passive. The worst is passive because it's I lose, you lose. There's no, there's no, you have symmetry, but you have exactly the wrong kind of symmetry, right? That's right. So I think that that's what you have in a relationship where the person doesn't want to engage in any type of fight. Like, and it can, and it, like, I think we spend so much time talking about the motivation, you know, it's trauma, it's whatever. But at the end of the day, it's a relationship that isn't accomplishing anything. Right. I think if you love someone, you fight with them. I just looked it up, by the way, the only two species that do hold grudges, apparently humans and narwhals. Weird. How did they figure out that a narwhal... I'm making that as a joke. That's a, that's a joke, Jen. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> See, I just believe what Kyle just says. Just believe it. I was like, Kyle, I think that apes might be part of that. Oh, God. Okay, sorry. <laughs> now, now I feel even more humiliated. Great. Now I feel humiliated with Kyle. This episode's going great. Anything left in that fishbowl? Jesus. Oh, we have so many more. So I feel embarrassed. It's actually submitted by... A narwhal. No, I, I feel embarrassed to even submit this question. When my girlfriend and I really get fighting, she will push or hit me. I know it's because she's frustrated, so I get it. But my coworker said I should submit this question. I've excused the behavior, but should I? I mean, it doesn't hurt me. It doesn't even piss me off. Are you pro-abuse, Jen? <laughs> um, I'm going to just approach it from a totally different perspective here. Since the entire time I've been alive, every goddamn day I've been alive, women have been fighting for equality. We want to be equal to men. And if the social construct of men is that they do not hit women, I can think of no reason, no excuse, 
or no justification why a woman could ever hit a man. And I see it all the time. I see women get mad and hit men. I see women push men. I see women pick and prod at men and engage in behavior that is totally, totally, totally abusive. But we excuse it because women have some sort of social license that men are not afforded. And if we want to live in a society where we have equity and equality and inclusion, then women have to get their hands off men in an aggressive way. Period. Mm-hmm. Do not let another person hurt. I don't care if you don't, if you don't have a reaction to it. What you permit, you promote. And what you're saying is that I don't have any respect for myself. I don't like this at all. I, I think this relationship is over. Whoever submitted this, do we have a name? You're done. You're done. It's over. I don't support abuse. And I agree. So get out. I would stop this relationship. What is the line between normal relationship fights and a toxic relationship? <laughs> I don't know. That is a hard question. Who's Again, I think that? this goes back to the good faith versus bad faith argumentation. Yeah, Honestly, I think point. toxic arguments are like the, your partner or you both are getting to this thing where you are assuming the worst case scenario from the other person. And so every argument goes into like, you're doing this and you've decided to do this. And this is why you're doing like that accusatory way instead of coming together to form a solution. That's my, that's my take on this. Yeah. I think it's, are you moving forward or are you just Mm -hmm. fighting for sport? Right? Like, you know me, I'm always like, is this a relationship or is this a relationship? Like if you're not moving forward, there's no point, right? Mm -hmm. If you're just fighting because you've, there's too many bricks in the wall, then you're done. So is it moving forward? Are you moving to the next place? Yeah. Are you still your best self? I think those would be the two questions. And I think if you're openly asking the question, is this toxic? It's probably kind of toxic. You get your little iPhone out. You start playing Britney Spears is toxic. You walk into the room. <laughs> and it's like, not, not on my watch today. That TikTok makes itself. Uh, how do I know when an argument is a deal breaker? Like... When can the fight continue and when is it a worthless effort? This I feel like is like the same question as the first question we got asked. Mm -hmm. And I think it's if you're fighting with purpose, does it take you somewhere? And then you, wherever the fight goes after that, you have to ask yourself, is this congruent with my values or not? Is this something Mm -hmm. that I'm willing to permit? Is this something that's working for me? And then you have to really just get honest. I find that too often we look to other people to validate that it's a deal breaker for us. Just look inside yourself. I feel something like Mariah Carey when I say this. Just look inside yourself and just say, do I feel comfortable with where I'm at? And then remember, there are 7 billion people on this planet and we have lots of time, right? So if it's not working, I like the people who are like, yeah, but I'm in it. I found this person. There's lots of, cho- lots of choices for you. Always know that you have choices. I think always understanding that you have choices, I think matters. I hate my whole answer to this question. Kyle, say something better. <laughs> I think this is something that's such an internal question, which is I, d- I will get onto the bandwagon here of saying that arguments inside of a relationship are normal. It's normal to have disagreements as a couple. However, if it's getting to the point where it's like, I don't know, man, like if we get into one more squabble about like X, Y, or Z, like I'm going to put a gun in my mouth. Like I think then at that point you <laughs> need to get out. I, it, I think the question always has to come like, do we want this relationship to continue? And if one of yeah. you answers no, then it's time to stop. Exactly. exactly. Let's do this as the final one here, Jen. Is it normal to fight every day? 
Oh, well, I have learned that in a podcast and on the radio, there are two N-words you cannot say. And one of them is normal. I don't know if I can be an assessment of normal. Right. I don't, I don't know what normal normal is because it discounts how everybody got to the same point, right? That's like when people, people submit this question, you guys, a lot where they say like, how much sex is a normal amount of sex? And I'm like, well, there's 70 variables to creating normal. Like what's, what is normal? I don't think, I think we've lost touch of a concept of normal. So I think to each individual person, you just have to ask yourself, what am I willing to tolerate? And if it's more than you're willing to tolerate, that it's an that it's an unnormal amount for you, and then you make a choice. Yeah, I I don't know how to answer any question with the word normal. In yeah, it. normal is always hard. If there's a fight every day, I'd be so exhausted. I'm just gonna state it that way. I'd be so exhausted if I was fighting every single day. Oh, I yeah. still remember arguments I had with friends from ten years ago. The thing that I'd be thinking and overthinking and like obsessing over that from something that happens every single day, I'd be so over it. I can tell you that um, the last four months of my last relationship, we were together for nine years, the last four months, eight, nine years, the last four months, we fought every day, every day. There was not a day that there was a reprieve. And I can tell you that I got out of that relationship and lost 60 pounds. Right. Like my body was wrecked. My mind was wrecked. My, like I couldn't function. Like it just, it strips away your ability to even function. And yeah, like it's well, especially because like a, a home I feel is supposed to be somewhat of a safe space. If I'm like rolling up and like, well, I better get on the boxing gloves because I know I'm gonna have to go a few rounds before I can do anything. Like I just, I don't know, it just oh, feels yeah. like an awful time. And yet we all get into it at some point. Oh, it's yeah. amazing how we all are like, that would be my nightmare. And then you find yourself sitting in the driveway, being like, I just do not know what I'm in for when I swing open that door. Or you know, you're the partner that's like, I can't wait for him to swing open that door. We're going to get at it. All right. Well, that's the, the fishbowl for this week. Good bowl, guys. Well, if you want to add your own questions into the fishbowl, you can go over to our website. That website is somebodydatejenandkyle.com. That's Jen with two N's. You can also follow us at somebodydate on three of our social media platforms. That is Twitter, Instagram, and yeah, TikTok that I'm on, that I'm posting videos on. And a basically TikTok famous. I'm not going to brag, but. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? I don't want to fight about it. Thank you for joining us this Friday evening for a conflict-free Friday. Wherever you're listening, I hope you're staying safe out there and having a little bit of fun. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.